like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. We're going local today for Song of the Soul, and by that I mean Eau Claire, Wisconsin, where I am. Though I invite you, wherever you're listening to this, to connect me up with your local musical talent for a future Song of the Soul. But today we're welcoming in Jim Phillips. In the daytime, Jim is a mild-mannered professor in the chemistry department at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. But after hours, he transforms into a singer-songwriter and well-loved bass guitarist for a number of Eau Claire's musical melanges, like Milk and Whiskey, Davy J and Friends, Jenny and the Jets, and maybe the Eggplant Heroes. Jim Phillips joins me in person here today. Jim, it's great to have you back to Norton Spirit Radio, this time for Song of the Soul. It's great to be here, Mark. Thank you. Last time you were on, it was Spirit in Action. We were talking about Earth Day, an event that we actually haven't celebrated in the same way for a number of years now in Eau Claire. Do your passions still stay with that? Absolutely. I care a lot about the environment, and I don't do as much feed-on-the-ground stuff in the community anymore, but I'm still working on things through my occupation, and I try to attend those events and contribute here and there. But we were heavily involved in those get-togethers, and they were really successful. I like to point to those as though uh, that those events that took place for four or five years there, you know, right at the turning point at which, you know, Eau Claire really turned into a different kind of community. I'm not saying that that was the event that did it, but there was a lot of stuff that started going on, you know, back there in the mid 2000s. And now we're looking at a really different kind of community here in Eau Claire. And I think that was an exciting thing to be a part of. We've developed in the right way. I mean, we have a lot of commerce and people moving into the center part of the city. And sprawl seems to have slowed down quite a bit. And we have just, I think the people are thinking about urban development and the kind of community we want in a very different way 10 years later. And I think one of the things the Earth Day celebrations did is took a lot of the people of that mindset and brought them to the same place. And I think it was really successful in bringing together a bunch of elements that were in the community to sort of get them there and clear vision and a bunch of things started up after that. And I think it was a matter of making the connections between the right groups of people. And that was one of the goals of those get-togethers. And, and, and maybe it helped. And so that was for the Spirit in Action program that I still do weekly. But Northern Spirit Radio also is the umbrella for Song of the Soul, which we have you here today for. Back then, when I did those interviews with you, at least one of them was specifically in your home. I think you're living in a different home now. 
Yeah, I think I'm two houses away from that one at this point. Oh, major uh, <laughs> migration. Yes, okay. Yes. The other thing, because I was actually in your home, is that I saw your connection to music. I mean, it was it was visible both in your music selection, which was right by where we were doing our talking, but also instruments. I mean, I, I knew you were into music, and this has been something close to 10 years in the making to get you here for Song of the Soul. What was that transition about? Were you just because you're a shy, retiring Norwegian bachelor farmer or what? Uh, no, you know, I mean, I think I'm getting a little bit more serious about music right now. In part, I mean, I'm, find, I'm finding a voice that I never had. Maybe I never had enough time in my life to find it. And I'd also, you know, I, I was a music composition minor 30 plus years ago at this point. And I never wrote anything particularly good as a music composition minor. You know, career, wife, family, and kids, you know, sort of took hold of my life for 20 years. And that's really where my focus was on was establishing my career and, and being a family person and making sure my kids were off on their way. And, you know, now my kids are juniors in college and, and I'm sort of I'm making some space in my life for things that have been on the back burner for 20 or 30 years. You're doing music with a number of different combinations of people. Could you talk a little bit about how you've been making music? I mean, I, I am the go-to bass player for a few of my friends. You know, and I played in bands through the years and in college and for maybe the first 15 years here I lived in Eau Claire. I played bass for a handful of local musicians. Recently, it's been a lot for David Jones and Jennifer Hazen, and I'm kind of their go-to person when they need a bass player. And I played with Jeff White for a few years, many years ago. And that's kind of been my my musical vocation, if you will. But I've also been an acoustic guitar player and have done some writing, but have never been a remarkable lyricist. It's really more recently where I think I've had the space in my life and figured out how not to think like a chemist and think a little bit more emotionally and spiritually about how to put words together and what kind of things to express lyrically. And I'm, you know, I think I'm finally finding that place 30 years later. Could you say a little bit about learning to think in this alternate way, including spiritually? Because I guess people assume that if you're into the sciences, that precludes spirituality. Obviously, you're not finding that true at this moment. No, and I never have because I mean, in the, in the kind of science that I'm in vocationally is I'm a chemist, but I'm in the kind of chemistry where quantum physics is the language of what we do. And you know, quantum physics is where the physics hits the wall and there are rules about things you can't know. <laughs> and if that doesn't open the world, I mean, for me, un spirituality begins where logic takes you to a point of uncertainty. And then when you start acknowledging the things that are unknowable, well, that's, that's where spirituality begins. And for me, that's also where the science gets interesting, you know, to sit there and talk to a classroom full of kids and say, we don't get to know that, or it's beyond human comprehension especially when they're 18 to 20 and they think that science is going to give them a rigorous set of cause and effect relationships that explain everything. And, and that, for me, that's, you know, right there at that interface between science and religion or whatever it might be there is the, that's what really got me interested in science is when I saw those limitations and was just confounded by things that couldn't be understood. And I, that's, that's what makes life exciting, I think. And, you know, what's going to make our life real exciting right now is if you share some of the music that comes out of whatever your spirituality is, your song of the soul, as we call it for this program. How can we start out? You know, when I first started songwriting, I kind of was usually working with sort of a, a protest vibe or making some kind of intellectual statement about something. And, you know, you, you take a song like Big Sky Wander, which I wrote many, many years ago. And in, in that particular basement recording, I had a lot of fun getting carried away, uh, layering on lots of guitars, maybe as a little tribute to the Allman Brothers or something like that. 
But you know, what's going on in that song is there's an inner piece and an outer piece. And the inner piece is, you know, as a kid growing up in the Midwest, I think every boy dreams of moving to the American West. And right after I got married and finished school, we moved to Colorado and that's where I had my kids. And, you know, I had this experience where getting out there after this lifelong dream, it was a little overrated. And it was sort of like, you know, and a friend of mine asked me the other day, said, you know, I've never known anybody that made it back from Colorado. And I'm like, well, and that's understandable and it's a wonderful place. But I think what I discovered out there is that most places are more the same than different. And that also when, when I had my children, that this vibe that I'm really born to live in the upper Midwest was really undeniable in me. And, and maybe some people are afraid to admit that, but I just found that it was a lot of the same and that I, and that I was a little homesick. And that's kind of the personal piece of that is sort of getting out there and saying, you know, this, this place is a little overrated, at least for me. But the other part of this came from this conversation where we were driving across western Minnesota, actually en route to a, a gig with some friends in St. Cloud, Minnesota. And this guy was marveling at all of this really cheap urban sprawl kind of development through places like Woodbury. And, and we were just kind of mortified by it. And it's just how, you know, all these towns seem to go to grow. And then everybody wonders why the center of the city dies and that they're kind of all the same. And, and you know, the connection is that that's kind of what I saw happening to Colorado when I moved out there. And that really had destroyed that romance. And so those two things kind of came together in the same place to the song that is part about this lifelong dream I had had and then part about, you know, these observations that I had on this road trip. And it is definitely a road song. And so I think that was an example where maybe it's a clever song, but it's primarily an intellectual thing. But I think that would be very different than a song, say, like Train Bound for Nowhere, where, you know, I just woke up one morning and, and I was out of sorts. I wasn't feeling particularly positive about the day for maybe no real reason or no justifiable reason. Some days we wake up and, our, you know, you kick the bedpost or whatever. And it's really a song about, hey, you know, I really feel kind of cruddy today. And I really feel like my life isn't going anywhere. And, you know, and the way my brain works, I can turn a thing into that simple feeling in the morning of all the things that are bad in my life. You no, know, And then I took a walk with a dog and got some distance from it. It's like, you know, I should just write this down should just write a song about how I feel today and how things are different and then and then take a couple sticks away from it and that maybe none of the macroscopic things are really there. Maybe I'm just having a cruddy day and maybe somebody else can relate to how they might feel on a cruddy day if I can describe what it looks like for me. And then I felt better after I did it, you know? So you've just introduced two songs, Jim. One of them's Blue Sky Wonder, which is really an old song that you finished up recently, and Train Bound for Nowhere, which is a new song just came out this past year. So how about we do them together and we'll follow that blue sky to the train and get caught on a, a conveyor belt here, maybe. <laughs> right, right. In fact, it refers to a conveyor belt there in a Train Bound for Nowhere. So our guest today for Song of the Soul is Jim Phillips. Here's two of his songs, Blue Sky Wonder. We'll start us off. We'll go right into Train Bound for Nowhere. Sign. 
won't be no big surprise. These Midwest towns all look the same. I begin to wonder why. The sign comes into focus. County Road number 75. It's a land of opportunity. It's gonna drain this little city dry. These towns die from the inside out as they spread to the countryside. Nobody knows until it's too late. I can't help but wonder why. Wasn't any greener 
just heard Train Bound from Nowhere by Jim Phillips, our guest here today for Song of the Soul. Right before that, you heard Big Sky Wonder. And Big Sky Wonder, I mean, isn't that the Montana theme or something? What do they call it? The Big Sky Country? Big Sky Country. Yes, right. But for you, that was Colorado. Where in Colorado did you live? I lived in Louisville. I was what they call a postdoc at the University of Colorado right after grad school. And I was really excited about moving out there. There's also kind of a play on wonder versus wander. There's the, you know, wonder like, hey, what is this going to be like? And, and wonder like, isn't it a spectacular place full of wonder? And then there's also going somewhere and wandering. So there's a little bit of play on words built into that whole thing. Well, we expect some play on words, even from a chemistry teacher. Right, right. Yeah. Which is, by the way, folks, Jim Phillips' profession. He teaches at University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. You know, when people think of science and scientists, they tend to think of certainties. Physics, for instance, you know, angle of incidence equal angle of reflection, right? You're very clear. You can be very precise. And that I was a physics teacher at university level included. How does it strike your students when you start introducing uncertainty and wondering into your classes? Does that kind of blow their minds? Yeah, I think it does. I think it presents them, I think, with some well-timed uneasiness, especially for freshmen and sophomores. The kind of student that's inclined to study the sciences is looking for something really concrete and logical. I see it as my job to disrupt that foundation and say the world is not a simple place that's describable by a series of cause and effect relationships and that there's webs of relationships and that the world is, is complex that way and also beautiful for it. And I try to, you know, especially as I get a little bit more experienced in my career here is to try to get not only that uncertainty piece in it, but you know, there's beauty in this stuff and that the things that they value in the humanities should also be celebrated over here. Again, when the equations and the beauty all come together, then you're really seeing a complete understanding and appreciation of something. And I, and I, I want them to open their minds and look at the world beyond what they need to do to become an employee. And I think we try to do that across the UW-Eau Claire campus more so than a lot of other places. By the way, folks, you're listening to Song of the Soul, which is a Norton Spirit Radio production on the web, nordenspiritradio.org, with over 12 years of our programs, free listening and download. You'll find links to our guests. So when you want to track down Jim Phillips, you better come by our site because his website's presence is in the future yet. 
We'll have the link on NorthernSpiritRadio.org. There's also a place for you to post comments, make our communication two-way. There's a place to donate. This is full-time work, and it's by your donations. It's not by government. It's not by corporations subsidizing this. It's because you, the listener, believe in the program. So click Donate when you come. Jim Phillips, again, is our guest today for Song of the Soul. Could you say a few things about your spiritual or religious outlook that feeds how you approach chemistry or how you approach life? I think that, you know, where cultivating a spiritual life has affected my teaching is in my ability to connect with people and to sort of view my students through a lens of humanity. And again, integrate these things like beauty and wonder into what we do and to try to create a broader experience in in a science classroom. It shouldn't just be about equations and the answer is seven meters, but rather, you know, what are we really understanding about life and the universe from this? And being really deliberate and saying, you know, you're engaging on a process of personal growth. Maybe you could look at the growth that a student goes through during their college experience in the same way that a a person goes through a spiritual transformation and, and emerges with a different outlook on life. And I think one of the things I've learned too, as I've cultivated my spiritual development is to try to identify the spiritual presence in everything. And then if I, if I look around carefully and pay attention, I can see the presence of God around me, even though I'm not really sure I believe in God in the conventional sense. I do know that if I look around, I can find evidence for the workings of something like a God or something that is beyond human comprehension. And I think if I look at that and integrate that into me helping my students grow, it's going to help me do a better job. And one of the ways it helps you do a better job is by channeling it through music. So give us another song that'll lead us on the Jim Phillips path to growth. Well, let's let's be real deliberate here. There's a song there called Sail Away, which I originally had... You know, I'd written the acoustic guitar part of that many, many years ago, and I was struggling to write lyrics about it as I walked down the trail by the Eau Claire River between what they call Archery Park and Boyd Park. As the Eau Claire River comes in the east part of Eau Claire, ultimately to merge with the Chippewa River and be the confluence. You know, and I had a few images in my head that I wanted to work with, and that kind of sat idly there for eight years. And then I had a major sort of upheaval in my life and some things went on. And one of the things that I discovered I needed to do was to confront alcoholism. And for me, confronting alcoholism had everything to do with developing a spiritual life. Now I go to 12-step meetings and help other people work with alcoholism. And, and, And that part of my life started right there along the Eau Claire River. I was walking along that path with my dog one day and I had seen an old friend. He was a student that I had had, struggled in my class, He was president of the conservation club when I was the faculty advisor. And he's one of these guys that I hadn't seen in five years. And I was wondering where he was. And as soon as I saw him on the trail, I actually lost my balance and took like a 40-foot fall down one of those cliffs there and ended up halfway immersed in the Eau Claire River. It was a really, it was a major thing. And this- (laughs) A wake-up call. Yeah, a major wake-up call. And, (laughs) And, you know, this old friend of mine helped me back to my house. And this was, you know, right about the time that I started my process in recovery from alcoholism. And then we went and had lunch together about a week later. And I found that a year before that, he had started his process recovering from alcoholism. And we became fast friends and partners in that process. I was putting this together and I, and I, and I come to realize that my friend Jennifer was really helping me. And she's good for prodding me along because I will procrastinate and say, I don't need to do this stuff. And she would say, Jim, we're going to sit down and we're going to write lyrics to one of your original songs. And really, and she's a go-getter. 
And I'm like, well, tell me what's going on in the song. And I'm like, this is what I think it's about. And I think it's, I had tried to write lyrics for this long prior to this event, but this is really the place that I always had in my head. And I think it's about this event in my life. And she helped me find the lyrics. And that really is what that song has become about. And it's very direct references to that. But that was when I was playing this song for my wife and she says, well, what is this is about? I said, well, this is the moment when God entered my life. And she looked at me with this crazy look, like, you know, the way you say that, it's like, you're serious about that. I'm like, I am serious about that. And she, (laughs) she looked at me like I was about crazy for admitting some kind of belief in God. And, and I've shared that with my recovery friends. I'm like, this was the moment at which my life changed. And in alcoholic recovery, we, we referred a lot about spiritual experiences and that some of them are the long, slow learning variety and, and alcoholics are very slow learners. And, and a lot of us refer to the 12 steps as spiritual kindergarten. And I think that's a good description of what's going on. And then we talk about these ones that are more of the, the lightning bolt variety. And this was definitely, you know, as far as I know, the hand of God was pushing me over the edge of the cliff saying, Phillips, it's time to listen. And it's time to do something different with your life. And whether that happened or not, I don't know. But my life is very different now. And that was the day that it changed. And this is the song about that. And it's called Sail Away by Jim Phillips. Walking on the edge, trying to keep my step. The lonely girl takes to the sky. One side unknown, the other old familiar. I did my life become so right. It's time to let your mind wander. Open up your heart and sail away. It's time to let your mind wander. Open up your heart and free the day. Skyline spreads her wings and she takes to the sky. 
floats on the breeze, mind is at ease. She led me to a new way of life. It's time to let your mind wander. Open up your heart and sail away. taking a song of the soul journey today with Jim Phillips. That was his song, Sail Away, about the moment when God pushed him over a cliff and down to the Eau Claire River. I guess if you have to fall someplace, falling into a river would be one of the better options. Uh, falling under the rocks could be a lot worse. Well, and this was and this was November, so there was a nice big pile of leaves. And, you know, if the circumstances were different, I could have been very seriously hurt. You know, I sort of stood up and walked away with kind of an ankle sprain and a little pain in my lower back. It was every bit of near-death experience, but for some reason I did not get seriously hurt. <laughs> you know, Jim, when you say that your wife kind of reacted, you use the word God. I mean, but if for some people, because some people use it like an axe to cut people or a hammer to hit people over the head. I believe you grew up Episcopalian and up until your very early ages, you know, you know, early elementary, you were raised with a certain view of God, which I was raised Catholic and, you know, God was a bearded guy on the mountain. Now that I'm bearded <laughs> and I got the right color hair yeah, on right. it. You, yeah, can, you like, can pull it off. <laughs> I could pull it off, right. It's not my vision of God, but it, it is something that goes back. Did you have to go through a lot of fights to be able to use a word like God and not feel shame? You know, I don't know if I felt shame, but it took me a while to come around to it. And that's one of the things that we need to do in 12-step recovery is, is find what we call a power greater than ourselves. Which at the beginning, just that's really just telling a belligerent alcoholic that they aren't God. Uh, and that's really the first lesson there, that you don't, you don't run the entire universe, which is, which is news to us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, you, know, you know, and it took me a while. And I came up, and when I got into this, you know, my advisor in this process says, you know, you're going to have to come up with some vision of something to work with because you've got to develop this spiritual life and learn how to cultivate a different outlook. It can be whatever you want it to be, but you need to figure it out and it needs to make sense for yourself. So, of course, I, I took this opportunity as an intellectual journey, which was, you know, valuable but unnecessary because really what this was about is some platform for cultivating humility, which doesn't come natural to me. I need, I need help developing humility. It's not, in, it's not a fiber of my being like it is for some normal people who I envy. And, you know, for a while, and I came up with all these funny ideas, and I would pray to Gaia, which was sort of an earth-centered thing. And, and that worked, and, you know, but I was praying to something, unbeknownst to me. It was like somebody had tricked me into praying for, about something, you know. And, and at this point, I can sort of look back on this and sort of laugh at how kind of narrow-minded and maybe sort of, I don't know if belligerent was the light for politely belligerent, maybe, about the whole thing. And then, and then finally, I just realized, you know, it's just going to be easier to refer what's going on if I can, if I can call it God. And when I use the word God, I'm certainly not referring to a Christian God, and I'm probably not even referring to anything I understand in any concrete way. And well, and that's fine. I don't need to understand it. That's a, that's a lifelong thing that I can contemplate, and it's a positive in my life to be able to contemplate that. And, and one of the things that I realized is that, you know, denying that conversation and that thought process about what God might be, is, it's really missing out on an interesting part of life. 
Do you see your music, the songs you write, as being spiritually based? Oh, well, I mean, certainly Sail Away that we just heard a little bit is really about the first major spiritual influence in my life. You know, maybe in the two train songs, Train Bound for Nowhere and Slow Moving Train, which just coincidentally both happened to be about a train. I didn't realize that until a couple of months later that was like, oh, there, that seems to be a theme. But it was by no means an intentional theme. It's just the way that it worked out. There's a train of thought going it's on. It's a train there. of thought, and it's an easy word to rhyme with, too, which I realized in hindsight. But, you know, part of that is, you know, and, and a lot of my spirituality is about sort of dealing with the negativity in my life. I mean, I can use spiritual principles to sort of get rid of that negativity. And when I try to explain to people about what the train bound for nowhere is, you know, what is that? And it's like, well, that's when I wake up in the morning and I feel resentment and fear and a general disgruntledness and those kinds of feelings, which we can all feel that that's, that's the train bound for nowhere. That's the train I can get on in the morning and fire up the diesel locomotive and take my place to a lousy day, you know, or I can take a deep breath and look at all the good things in my life and think about humility and my place in the world and end up in a different place where I can try to be helpful to other people. I would say the cars in that train are fear and resentment and self-pity and a general disgruntledness and just general frustration with life, which I think we can all have. And for me, it was a real problem. And what about slow-moving train? Are there different cars in that train? That's cars. And, and, you know, there, I mean, to some extent, there's some frustration with people there. I think, you know, one of the things that if we look at those things, resentment and fear and self-pity, and that a lot of times we're sort of immersed with other people, you know, and alcoholics have issues with wanting to arrange all the people in their lives around them to their liking. And we need to learn to let people be other people. And I like to think of life as two lists. Again, is that I can make a list of all the things that are wrong with my life, and I can make the list of all the things that are right with my life. And when I wake up in the morning, I can decide which one of those two lists to look at and what kind of day I'm going to have. And if I look at the lousy list, I have a lousy day. And if I look at the positive list and ask myself how I can be helpful to other people, then I have a good day. I need to be deliberate about arranging my thinking when I get up at the beginning of the day. And that's where I really connect with all my spiritual practices. So one of the ways of thinking about it or being absorbed about it is Jim Phillips' song, Slow Moving Train. That's where we're headed right now. Change. People these days 
isn't going fast enough in the direction you'd like it to go, you write a song like Jim Phillips did called Slow Moving Train. Now, Jim, one of the things I know about you is you're connected with the Unitarian Universalist Congregation here in Eau Claire, the UUs, as they're said in short form, and UUs do not have the rule-bound criteria that my Catholicism of my youth includes. And mind you, I'm, I'm pretty used to the same kind of wide theological and behavioral things that both Quakers and UUs have room for. So what kind of guidance or what kind of direction do you get out of hanging out with the UUs? One of the things I love is this open spiritual community where we can learn about the different faiths. You know, for example, our junior high youth group, about every two years, well, actually, they do an exploring neighboring faiths curriculum where they go to the mosque and they go to the Catholic church and they go to the Lutheran church. And they come visit Quakers, too. And they come visit Quakers, (laughs) and then they got to report back to the congregation about what they learned. You know, that's something I really value. You know, when in the fall during Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, you know, we have a service where I get a little bit about those important principles in the Jewish faith and that atonement and forgiveness is a is a really key part of 12-step recovery, so I can really identify with that. So I like to think of the Unitarian Church as kind of like going through the buffet and grabbing little bits of pieces that you want and leaving what you don't. But the core of the Unitarian Church is the seven principles, which are very practical principles, and I probably can't recite all seven here, but like the first one is acknowledging the inherent worth and dignity of every human being. So that's a 
challenging thing sometimes because that means we got to love everybody, including people we find objectionable, like a, a white supremacist or, or what my reverend will say. You know, this also applies to the people who have the wrong bumper stickers on their cars. And that's, that's challenging stuff. And that's if we really believe that you love everybody, you have to love the people who hate too. And that's a spiritual belief to accept that you're going to take that tack in life. It's very Luke Skywalker, right? You know, and he can sort of talk to the emperor and say, your overconfidence is your weakness. But rather than, than scoffing at the emperor, can address him, look right in his eyes. I know you're an evil man, but I'm going to present myself to you with absolute humility. And, you know, and that's a spiritual thing. <laughs> so now we've got the spirituality of Star Wars involved in this. We've hit Episcopal and Earth-based spirituality, 12-step and UU. Have you always been a spiritual, religious person? If you asked me this question eight years ago, before I entered recovery from alcoholism, I probably would have said yes. But I think, you know, the, the honest answer would have been no. I think I wanted to be spiritual. You know, one of the things I've discovered through the last eight years of my life is that I actually had elements of spirituality. I had all the ingredients to live a constructive spiritual life in my life. I just wasn't putting the pieces together. And from my point of view, having a group of people kind of help put that together and support you in it without trying to tell you what you have to do makes all the difference, which I find the UU to be. Yeah. And the UUs have a spiritual outlook a lot like the people in 12 step recovery is that we're all, we're all trying to find something to work with and something to believe in that makes sense to us. And it doesn't need to make sense to anybody else, but us. And at the same time, we can value and take something from what other people believe. And I find it fascinating. It's a great, a great way to get to know something about another human being is to get the idea of what their spiritual beliefs are. And, you know, we tend to be very private about that, especially here in the, the upper Midwest. That would be inside our little privacy bubble. But it, what better way to get to know people? I mean, one of, my, one of my mentors in recovery, who was a very devoted community activist, would always say, you know, you're going to meet with this person. I want you to get to know something about them. And, you know, and that's a spiritual thing. I mean, that, that shows a, a great deal of consideration for whoever you're interacting with to, to want to learn something about them. And, and that was counter to my thinking before I started accepting advice like, from people like that in my life. Well, you know, Jim, we've got just a little bit time left, and I think we'd like to get in one more song. Could you give us one more to go out on? I think the one on the list there is World Gone Wrong that we haven't talked about yet. And the music for that song was written in 1991 when I was a senior in college. And, you know, and the words came in about 2005. I had written it for a band that I was playing in here around Eau Claire, and it, and it never came together. And it never really left the basement until I played it for my friend Jennifer. She loved it and said, we need to start performing this. And, and she decided to record it for her Music Heals album. And, and lo and behold, there's this professional recording of it that's wonderful that a bunch of my friends contributed to. And it was a really flattering thing. Why don't you mention a little bit about Music Heals? Because I'm very excited about that. And I'm going to be speaking with Jennifer Hayson pretty soon. Mention a little bit about why this fits with Music Heals. And Jennifer, by day, is an AODA, alcohol and other drug abuse counselor. And Music Heals is about integrating music into the recovery process. And that's a mission I can get behind because, you know, one of those places looking backward in my life that we referred to where I found that there was a lot of spirituality and a lot of the ways in which I communicate with God is through music. And that's really where I get a lot of my sort of intangible spiritual guidance from. And the proceeds of this CD are going to go to help that program. 
that music heals program, which provides instruments and integrates music into recovery from addiction and alcoholism out there at Arbor Place and supports programming and people come in and talk. Uh, we'll do a little music performance and talk about recovery and music. And it's just, it's a really good thing. So we're going to finish Jim Phillips' Song of the Soul with his song, World Gone Wrong. And this one actually has Jennifer Hasten as the lead singer on this. And you've got some nice flute and drums in here, some other music that is all part of this Music Heals project that Jim Phillips is part of. We're going to have a link for you to follow to this recording. World Gone Wrong is one of the tracks on Music Heals, recording by Jen Hazen. Again, she's the mastermind. The She's the mastermind for Music Heals. I want you to follow that from northernspiritradio.org. We'll have other links that will connect you up with Jim Phillips. He hasn't got a website of his own, but we will have a place where you can connect with some of his music. This is the starting point for that. I need to give you some credit for nudging me along saying, hey, get some of this stuff together. And the goal is to, I'm hoping that in about a year that a sort of I'm in the studio where we presumably where we did the Music Heal CD, the homegrown CD, out there really doing a full CD of my own music and pursuing that part of my life here. So again, follow the link from org. We have been speaking today with Jim Phillips. He's a professor in physical chemistry at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. There's so much of the world to express, and I'm so glad you're doing it both through the music and through your lecturing and through working for Earth Day, all the different ways in which you make this a better world. Thanks for doing that, Jim. You're welcome. We, we call that the power of and, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you come to the UWEC website, you'll find out what that means. Again, the song is World Gone Wrong by Jim Phillips. We'll see you next week for Spirit in Action. Here's World Gone Wrong.
sees what you do You try your damn best But nobody cares what you do You gotta pick yourself back up And do your best to make it through You try your best But nobody sees what you do Music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song